You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. One of the most important ingredients to owning a successful rental portfolio is having good property management. It's kind of like getting a new puppy and then you bring it home and realize you have a new puppy. Taking care of properties can be a lot of work. I'm Kathy Fetke and welcome to The Real Well Show. When Rich and I started investing, we managed our own properties and we learned very quickly that we were terrible at it. We believed everything the tenants said and we were far too compassionate. We would just cover all the expenses, including the mortgage, if they were having a bad day. I mean, not quite, but there was always back pain or the child was sick or uh, their, their dogs were sick, whatever it was, there was always an excuse as to why they couldn't pay the rent and we would buy it. So we learned we were going to go broke that way and found out about this wonderful thing called property management, where somebody else will do that work for you. Our guest today is the director of property management with the Baltimore team at Real Wealth. She knows the ins and outs of how to be good at property management. We have a lot of raving customers of this Baltimore team, and she's here to give us some tips. So Sheila, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. So you're the director of property management. Property management can be a thankless job. So let's, uh, I wanted to interview you to get your perspective on what it's like from the, from the inside. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what are you seeing currently right now for rental demand in, in Baltimore and specifically the neighborhoods you're in? Well, um, rental demand can definitely fluctuate. Sometimes we have a big push. Sometimes uh, things get a little sparse. Uh, so there's definitely, um, it's, it's intermittent. For the most part, we don't have too difficult a time finding renters that are looking to move um, over the course of 30 to 60 days. That's usually where we're finding applicants at. We probably receive about 250 to 300 internet inquiries on some of the properties that we have adver advertised. Um, and we do as many follow-ups as we can to those guests. Um, and we push them towards applying and screening and um, showing them properties. What are some of the red flags you look for when you see an application or you talk to somebody? Well, um, our first screening hoop that people need to jump through is our credit score um, requirements. So we do have a minimum credit score requirement of 525. If we're not finding applicants that meet that minimum, we don't move forward with them. Uh, we also have an income requirement of two and a half times the rent um, because we want to ensure that whoever moves into the property is going to be able to successfully pay the rent every month. Um, but some of the red flags that we've been seeing when we are screening applications are, um, you know, people who may not provide us with their correct landlord to receive a reference from, or we might talk to a landlord, um, their current landlord, who really just wants them out of the property. So they might <laughs> give us a good reference um, right. and maybe they are not a particularly good tenant. Um, we've also seen um, maybe an uptick in falsified documents. Um, I don't know if this is something that's happening across the board or just with people in our locale, but we've seen um, my leasing manager has gotten a lot better at um, picking up inconsistencies in pay or bank statements. So we do have to be extra careful with our screening. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to really know what to look for. Yes, if, absolutely. Um, so you would, you would ask for their bank statements and then you could compare what they say they're making to see if those deposits are being made? Yes. A lot of our screening happens through our system, our software system. Um, we get a lot of the, the credit reports, income verification, and bank statements typically are submitted through our um, software that does a lot of the verification automatically. So it's more of a red flag if people are not using our software verification system to submit documentation. So if they are with a company that uses like a third-party site, like WorkNumber, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but mm -hmm. um, there's third-party sites that will verify income so that it never has to come from the applicant themselves. Um, but if they're not using that feature and the documentation comes from the applicant, you have to really scrutinize it very closely. What's the software that you use? We use Appfolio, and we recently transitioned to Appfolio. Previously, we were using Propertyware, um, which was a very decent system, and it allowed for a lot of customization that was really helpful for reports. Um, but we recently transitioned to Appfolio, and it's really boosted our productivity. Um, things are a lot more organized, a lot more streamlined, and uh, just we're, we feel much more effective. Oh my goodness. I feel like Appfolio should be paying me for that endorsement. You know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> right. Uh, my daughter's boyfriend worked for them for a while. They're based in Santa Barbara, just a little bit north from where we are. Okay. Okay. So if, if um, let's just say somebody, I don't even know if Appfolio does this, but uh, let's say you're a, a landlord trying to manage your own properties and you don't use a property manager. Would that be enough or does it take the experience of someone who really knows what to look for? It's just, I'm just curious because I, I know there's still people who self-manage. I, I can't even imagine. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, if you, uh, you would really have to develop a really good eye and really accumulate a lot of experience to be a successful manager, even of your own property. Um, things change so quickly in the property management system and you have to be so nimble that if you're trying to manage a property on your own, or if you're managing a property while you work a full-time job, you're bound to miss things. So it's important to partner with a property management company that's able to take on these challenges that we do every day anyway. So we have dedicated people set aside to do screening. That's all they do. So they get very good at finding those red flags and dealing with those problems and challenges um, same for other aspects of property management. It's not just in the application phase. Um, we have property managers whose job is to contact people who are delinquent with their rent. If you are the type of person that gets uncomfortable having those conversations, then you would want to have a property management company that's set up to um, have those conversations on your behalf and collect your rent um, and follow the steps if needed to file on a family that's not paying their rent. I mean, that's an unfortunate route that you have to follow, but uh, we as property managers are already familiar with that process and the court process. Uh, so I think that uh, dealing with a property management company that's experienced is going to take a lot of weight off of your shoulders if you are self-managing. 100%. I do not like having those conversations. And I'm curious, is there ever any flexibility? Like what if somebody just got cancer or something and they just can't make their payment. I mean, do you, do you put them on a payment plan or? Yeah. You know, um, we do one thing that's really beneficial about our property management company is we have a lot of communication with the owner of the property. So we don't own any of the properties that we manage. 
Um, but we do communicate with the owners and kind of ask them where they are at. Mm, um, yeah. It depends on the homeowners, um, you know, what their budget is. Sometimes a homeowner is not ready to turn over a unit. So they are more inclined to be flexible or allow payments that might come in installments. Um, and there are some homeowners that are very by the book and want us to follow our process in line. Don't skip any steps. Um, and we, we do that and we enforce the terms of the lease. Um, and we try to, we try to be as empathetic about people's situations as possible. Um, but if the, if the rent is due and the rent is late, we have to follow whatever the, uh, court system or whatever our legal system allows. Yeah, because in some cases, the, the homeowner isn't in a position to cover the expenses without income coming in. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so screening is so, so important. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about repairs and, and um, yes. just ongoing maintenance, because that's, that's confusing for a homeowner. How do they know that the quote is correct and they're not being overcharged for a repair? Well, when you work with a property management company as established as ours is, we have built ties and agreements with contractors and companies that will provide service for us um, at uh, usually the lowest price that you can get. We try and negotiate uh, based on giving a lot of business to uh, specific companies uh, that provide quality service. So we are able to feel very confident that we are quoting the best price that is um, in the locale that we're able to find. Um, so I think that having those established ties really can help um, our homeowners trust that the quotes that we are giving them, whether they vary in price up or down, you know, they're the best price that you can find. And if it wasn't you, let's say it's just a random property manager, what are some things that you can do to make sure that there's not a lot of upcharge there? Um, well, having two to three different quotes to, um, to review is always helpful just so that you know that you're, what you're receiving is in line with, um, the industry at the time. So, um, I would definitely suggest getting multiple quotes if you are able to, um, I would suggest if, if you're not able to get free quotes that you find a contractor that's able to do some sort of a virtual review of whatever the issue might be, or the maintenance need might be, so they can give you a phone quote. Um, those are typically free. Um, I would, I would also say that, you, you know, you just have to shop around. Um, it, hopefully the maintenance is not a pressing need that needs to be resolved within, you know, 24 to 48 hours, because that really mm -hmm. impacts your ability to shop around. But if you are able to, um, that would be my suggestion. So let's talk about those emergencies, those, those things that need to be done within 24 hours. How does that work if you can't get a hold of the, of the homeowner? Well, for our company, um, all of our owners have a $500 maintenance maintenance reserve. So we are able to make decisions on behalf of the homeowner that are going to cost $500 or less. So um, in those cases, some appliances fit in that um, range. So we are able to make those decisions um, without needing the homeowner's approval. It's just a notification. We let them know we had to make this decision. Typically, those are things that might be um, washers or dryers are usually within that range. Um, a lot of repair of uh, appliances are within that range. If 
if it is something like a refrigerator that completely stopped working, we're unable to repair it, we're on the second day and the resident is you know, very frustrated because they don't have a refrigerator, we're going to just go out and buy a refrigerator. Um, and we're going to have to let the homeowner know this was a, unfortunately a cost that was needed. We can't allow a family to live in a property without a refrigerator. Um, so we just try and break the news as gently as possible. But typically our management agreement will back us if we have to make an emergency decision to replace an appliance that costs more than $500 and we're not able to get a hold of the owner. Mm, that makes sense. Yep. You don't want lawsuits from from any from tenants. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very good. Um, so have you seen the cost of materials and cost of labor go up over the past few years? Absolutely. Um, I would say a year ago, our average turn cost was between $1,500 and $2,500 per property. Um, the minimum is now probably $2,500, $3,000 at a minimum for a turnover. Um, and that's even if the property was fairly well taken care of. If it was a property that um, essentially there was a, a bad parting of the ways and, you know, some people leave and they're not leaving on good terms and they don't, you know, take care of the property as best as they could, those turnovers can can get up, get pretty pricey up to the $6,000 range. And that's, that's what we're seeing. Um, a lot of the costs for materials are, are going up, but more so the side of labor. That's where a lot of our charges are coming. Labor. Interesting. Just like yeah. a shortage of labor? Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's a shortage of labor. It's more of a, it's a specialized um, mm. need. And so I think contractors are able to raise their prices to meet the cost of inflation, I imagine. But because it's such a specialized field, you have fewer contractors to choose from that would be able to um, make repairs for an entire home. So it's not like just plumbing. You would need someone that can fix the toilet and also change out the light switch. And also, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's different variations of what you might need. So the contractor would be able to really charge um, what fits their budget for that labor. Interesting. Okay. And um, so for those who don't know what a turnover is, that's when one tenant leaves and then the place needs to be repainted. I mean, what, what typically happens in that turnover when the tenant leaves in um, terms of the work you do? Yeah, absolutely painting the unit. We paint the property in between tenancies, um, and that's usually not a tenant charge unless there is significant damage or anything that would indicate this is beyond normal wear and tear. These are just costs that the owner must incur between tenants. So we paint um, all of the walls. We we will clean the carpets. Um, we'll pay for a cleaning of the, of the unit if it the residents had pests, um, pets, we typically have to pay for a deep cleaning. Oftentimes there is an extermination treatment um, and there might be some trash that might need to be disposed of at the property. Those um, charges to the dump are set cost. Um, so those that's our typical you know, turnover. We're gonna need to do painting and cleaning and pest control. Um, and make sure there's no holes or anything with the flooring that might need to be repaired. And is the monthly property management fee, is that what covers that? Or is there also a fee from the property manager to do those turnovers? Um, for the owner to pay? Yeah. 
Yes. So the, our management fee um, is a monthly fee that covers our maintenance of, maybe maintenance is not the right word, but just um, it, it covers the management of the property in the occupancy uh, stages. So when clients have questions, they call, they can reach their property manager at any time. Same for owners. If they want to call or schedule a meeting with their property manager, they can do that at any time. Uh, like I mentioned, we do the collection calls, we do the court filings, um, we um, we handle the maintenance tickets, so we schedule any maintenance needs that might uh, come up throughout the residence tenancy. Um, so that monthly um, management fee goes towards those services. When it's time for turnover, that's a separate cost. So that's once the resident moves out, we will do an assessment um, and put together what we call a scope of work just to determine exactly how much it's going to cost to bring the property back into a rentable state. Um, and then those charges are paid by the homeowner. Okay. Are there any materials that you want to make sure landlords are using? Any, any ways to prevent um, more repairs needed in the future beyond just the basic turnover? Well, I would say one thing that we have found with prevention is is mainly communicating with the resident what the expectation is. So the resident is the one that's living in the home. When we hand over those keys, we are giving them keys to a property that is functioning and in good in a good state. Um, and so our motivation is to keep the property looking as good as possible. So that comes with regular communication with the resident about um, what wear and tear looks like versus what damage looks like. Before a resident moves out, we give them our price list so they know exactly how much it would cost for us to rehang a toilet paper holder. Mm -hmm. um, and that hopefully inspires them to make small repairs on their own because we don't want to have to charge them what our technicians cost, which is you know a $75 per hour fee. Um, and if they're able to make small repairs, you know we encourage that um, if they, if, if, you know, it's a, it's a very slight repair. Um, and some materials that I think are often helpful for a homeowner to, you know, maybe provide is regular monthly pest control. So in Baltimore city, um, if you live in a single family home, pest control is a responsibility for the resident. But if that were something that the homeowner incurred, which is like a monthly fee of maybe 45 to $60 a month, that would help protect the home from, you know, pests. Pests will eat through wires and control boards of appliances. So it has the potential to save the appliances in the property um, and cleaning. Um, so I, I would say that's probably the lowest hanging fruit for any homeowner is to pay for regular pest control because that contributes to a lot of cost later on in, um, in the future. Mm, I've not heard that before. Okay, well, finally, what's one thing you wish landlords knew about your work, about, you know, what property managers provide, specifically you guys? Well, um, I would say that it's more than you think. Um, I would say <laughs> that um, if it, you may... Um, purchase a property and as an investment and as usually a flow of passive income um, that may not require a lot of effort, but 
it takes a lot to manage a property. Um, it takes a lot of coordination. It takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of reassurance. It takes a lot of follow through. It takes a lot of um, saying, doing what you say you're going to do. Because once you tell someone you're going to do something, you have to follow through. Um, so I would say that it um, property management is more than you might expect. And that's why we exist to help take that load off of your shoulders. I love it. Yes. Hug your property manager. Just be nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm very excited to say that we have our live event coming up and the Baltimore team will be there to just share what's going on. It's been one of our most um, popular teams. We've had great feedback on on you, your property management and the quality of the property to begin with. There's, it's It's hard for a property manager to manage a dump, right? A property that hasn't been renovated, that isn't updated, that's not to standard, that's not in the right location. Do you guys manage any properties that you don't renovate yourselves? We do. We are opening up our management to manage properties that we have not renovated. Um, so that that is a very new environment that we're in. So we're developing different checklists to make sure that we don't accept just any property because we want every property to meet our standards. So it will require a home inspection. Um, we do, we care about the location of the property. So I do think that even if we have, you know, 50 inquiries in a month, all we're not going to accept all 50 properties. So they have to meet our criteria. They have to meet our um, quality standards. So um yeah, I do think that opening up our management to properties that we don't, we have not renovated is going to be a new, it's it's a new field for us, but um, we're getting there and we're excited about it. Well, I love the boundaries on that because I've been doing this a long time and I've seen a lot of property managers implode because they took on properties that were impossible to manage. Yes. Uh, so yeah, stay strong there. Um, yeah, seen it over and over again, but I know you guys will. Well, good. Well, we'll see you at our upcoming live event again. Uh, you may be watching this after the events already happened, but if not, it's October 7th. You can find the details at realwealthshow.com. Thank you so much for joining me, Sheila. This was really informative. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time, Kathy. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.